Welcome to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. The largest school district in Southern Arizona is looking for a new board member, and that could mean changes for the direction of Tucson Unified Schools. This week, we talk with district leaders about what's next. After more than a decade on the TUSD governing board, Mark Stegeman resigned two weeks ago. Other board members said they were surprised by the move, which came a year before Stegeman's seat was up for election. Stegeman spoke with AZPM education reporter Duncan Moon. In this process, you had mentioned a series of things that needed to be done that you can't see the path to right now to getting there. What is it that really stands in the way? Is it an issue of school culture? Is it vested interests? Is it entrenched bureaucracy? What, what is really preventing that, that change from happening? Well, there's two questions there. One is, what is the change that needs to happen? And then what is preventing it from happening? The second question is probably simpler. A lot of it is just inertia. And the, of course, any bureaucracy has inertia, but the level of inertia for even minor changes has been startling to me, even in recent years. Uh, we were interested, a board majority was interested in making some changes to the calendar the school calendar, which is significant, but not the biggest issue. And the pushback on that has been tremendous. And just sort of circumventing the board's will, I think, would be a fair description of, of what happened there. Uh, my efforts to reform the governing board office, which I thought would be really easy because it wasn't performing well, uh, elicited tremendous pushback. And so even small stuff gets hard. But then there are vested interests, too. And, for example, the union, um, and I'm not against unions, but the teachers' union in this district has steadfastly held the positions that I think are counterproductive and hard to overcome, um, such as paying more to teachers who have rare and special certifications that we need, like special education, math, and science. By any understanding of how markets work, we should be paying those teachers more. Uh, they're harder to get. Um, even just a little bit more, but the union has fought that tooth and nail. So that's an example of, of not just inertia, but active opposition. You said that really that radical reform is needed. I think you used the term dishes or China need to be broken. If that's not possible, can the district still get where it needs to go incrementally, or do you really need that seizing change? Well, it depends what your goal is. TUSC is never going to lose all of its students because there will always be families that can't afford to drive their child somewhere to some school far away or have so many things going on in their lives that they're not really engaged in active school choice. And so we'll always have a constituency. The question is, um, how well does it serve that constituency? And it's important because those families are frequently lower income families or families with lower educational attainment, and they especially need a good education. So that's one reason it's important for TUSD to do well. And to do really well, it needs to attract students back. And that's the part that I'm not sure incremental change will do. I believe that TUSD can be a better version of what it is, and that's what incremental change is about. But can it be something really different? something that can compete head-to-head -head with the privates and the charters, our strongest competition. And that's where I have my doubts. Looking at, at the budget side of things, how much of this is a local problem and a, a, you know, of, of how the budget is being administered at TUSD and how much of it is a, depends on the state stepping up and providing, you know, restoring, let's say, funding? 
Well, I believe education is underfunded in this state, and um, I have supported all the efforts to increase that, or most of those efforts. But the job of the TUST board is to be sure that the money that we get is spent well. And when we waste a lot of money, and I do believe we've wasted a lot of money, it's harder for us to make the case to the state to give us more. You know, we need to take care of our own house first. And although I do think we're doing a little bit better now in some ways than we were, and administrative spending is down, that's true. And Dr. Trujillo and the board both deserve credit for that. We're not where we need to be still. Let me uh, follow up a little on that. One of the things you've said that TSD doesn't always have a culture of compliance, I think was uh, how you put it. What do you mean by that? I mean that one of the basic, just for example, one of the basic things that every public entity in this state has to do is comply with the open meeting law. And we have been found in violation of the open meeting law by the state since I've been on the board. There have been numerous other cases where we probably could have been found in violation. And it's not that hard. And it shouldn't be the role of the board, for example, me or Rachel Sedgwick, to call those fouls. I mean, that kind of issue is housekeeping. And it should happen automatically. And one of the problems in TUSD and with being on the board, which has not come out in the previous coverage so much, is that I spend way too much of my time on housekeeping issues mistakes that should never have been happened, like this blow up with the substitutes, which was completely preventable just in the last few days, with some curriculum processes that went completely off the rails and violated statute and policy. All this kind of stuff should be caught at a much lower level of the organization. It shouldn't rise to the board level. But I have spent way too much time dealing with these, chasing these foul balls, so to speak. And of course, in an unpaid position, all the time you spend chasing these foul balls or deciding which ones are worth chasing, because I certainly don't chase all of them, um, takes away from making policy and, and serious decisions. All of the policy aside, there are you know, always two things that I think are essential to success, and I'd kind of like to hear your, your thoughts on them. You know, clarity and will. Um, you know, like a wise person once told me, is that you can't scatter your fire and still hit the mark. Um, from your perspective as a board and the administration have, I guess, that singleness of purpose clarity and focus that um, shared understanding that need to have in order to create change? I think an important moment was after Dr. Sanchez departed in 2017, the board had a decision about where to go for a new superintendent. And it could choose a radical China-breaking superintendent, or it could choose someone who was more of an incremental reformer. And Dr. Trujillo presented himself as a more incremental reformer, and that's what the board wanted. And I think that was the moment in early 2017 that defined, and I don't say this against Dr. Trujillo because I think he has done much of what he promised to do, but radical reform is not what the board wanted. And I think that decision point uh, will reverberate for a long time through TUSD. Well, maybe that plays into the second part of the will, you know, to do what's necessary to, to, to succeed. You've said again and again it needs to be radical reform. In compensation and how we evaluate uh, teachers and administrators in the role that we see for principals, I don't think TUSD appreciates the critical role of principals in making a district work. 
we've had a lot of turnover in principals. We've hired a lot of new principals. Some of them in the last several years, some of them are doing quite well, others not so well. But one theme through my entire time on the board is that the district, and this is part of the institutional culture that's hard to change, does not put enough emphasis on recruiting and training and retaining and properly evaluating and compensating its principals. There's a long list, um, and the totality of that list is radical. Do you think that your resignation changes the playing field at all? Could this be a catalyst for progress in some way? I haven't thought much about that. I think, frankly, that my leaving the board will help in some ways because I think some board members, it had got to the point, would vote against something just because I was for it which is a crazy way for the board to operate, but I think there was that element. And so my stepping down might help get past some of that. Um, Maybe the community, if it's paying attention, will wake up and see that it needs to elect a strong board and a board with business expertise on it. The board should not be all business people, but it should not be all educators either. And the business voice is something that needs to be the business sensibility that needs to be on the board that hasn't been. I, I'm that to some extent. Um, you know, I have one foot in each world. But maybe the community will somehow wake up and realize that to make big change in TUSD, it needs a strong and united board with a strong superintendent that's aligned with the board's vision. Dr. Segman, thank you for coming in. My pleasure. That was AZPM education reporter Duncan Moon talking with former TUSD governing board member Mark Stegeman. Duncan joins us now in the studio to talk about what happens next. Duncan, thanks for sitting down with us. My pleasure. There is a procedure to replace a member of the TUSD board before an election. So what is that procedure? Well, it falls to the superintendent of Pima County Schools, in this case, Dustin Williams, Um, The board can offer as many as three potential replacements. In this case, at their their regular meeting this week, they chose not to put forward three uh, candidates. So now Dustin Williams will look at what's come in um, as far as people applying and also who he thinks might do a good job, and then he will make a decision, you know, close to the end of the month. Do we know what type of person Mr. Williams is looking for? Does it have to be, for example, a Republican to replace Dr. Stegeman? I don't think so. I think he's looking right now to keep the boat sailing in the direction that it's going, uh, not to upset the ship. Um, He said to me that he was looking for not a home run hitter, uh, but a a pitcher to close out the game, so to close out the end of of Stegeman's um, term. Um, three things that he said. He said he wanted somebody smart, he wanted somebody moderate, and he wanted somebody that was calm. So it sounds like he's looking for somebody to get them through to the next election when three board members come up for uh, for re-election or for, to be replaced, and, and we'll see what happens from there. And again, just to reiterate to people, this appointment, whomever uh, gets it, is only through the elections next year, the end of, of Dr. Stegeman's term. So it's a one year, and of course that person could run for election come next November. So if somebody wants to be the next member of the Tucson Unified School District Governing Board, how do they get in touch? How do, th- how do they make that happen? 
Well, they can go on the, the Pima County Superintendent of Schools, um, his website. Um, they can put in an application and letter, any sort of documentation that they want. Uh, all the information is there about what the standards are, what, uh, what he's looking for, or what uh, is needed to be uh, on, the, on the board. Um, so that would be the, the next step for anyone. They're uh, cutting that off on October 24th. So if you're interested, you need to get in pretty quick. Uh, and then, again, he'll make a decision by November 1st. Let's turn to another member of the TUSD uh, governing board, Rachel Sedgwick. She's having an appeal hearing at the Arizona Bar because that group refused to admit her to practice law because they say she omitted information about a past DUI incident where we should point out she was not charged. What does all that mean for the board? Well, in the short term, it doesn't seem to be anything. Again, at their weekly meeting, it it didn't come up. It was as if nothing had happened. Um, She will have another... um, a chance to make her case, and uh, then the, that will be decided. The only way I see it could be affecting the board work as she comes up for election next year, um, just as the Stegman seat will come up for election. Um, if this is a problem for those who are voting, she could possibly be voted out of office or not returned uh, to office. So um, in the short term, nothing, but it does have long-term implications for what might what the board might look out and the makeup of the board going forward. Dr. Stegeman said uh, in his interview with you that his departure might ease the ability for the board to get some things done. What does the future of the board look like, do you think? Well, that's a big if, and I think long term, of course, it depends on the election. Three seats are up on the board uh, next fall. Um, who are those people going to be? How are they going to work together? Are they going to be, um, you know, what's the mixture of, of Republicans and Democrats? Um, do they see eye to eye? One of the things that, uh, that um, Dr. Stegeman said on his way out was for Gabriel Trujillo to be effective as superintendent, he needs to have very clear marching orders and support from the board because a lot of these things are, are, are difficult to get through. Um, the board didn't have that, in his opinion, while he was there. Uh, perhaps a new board with uh, three new members or a renewed, um, you know, imprimator going forward could do something. Uh, but we have to see who those people are and how they come into the mix and what that board looks like and how it gets along with itself. All right. Well, we'll all be together waiting to see who replaces Dr. Stegeman in the near term and in the long term. Thanks so much for sitting down with us. Again, my pleasure. This week, we're talking about what the sudden resignation of a Tucson Unified School District board member means for the future of the area's largest school district. Adelita Grijalva is the president of the governing board. She says she's ready for a change after Mark Stegeman's departure. I mean, for me personally, Dr. Stegeman and I didn't agree um, very often on the dais when it came to the vision of the district. And so my real hope is that we have someone that is a true supporter of public education, that um, if you have children, you have your children in our schools and that you're invested in making it better. It's okay to be critical. It's okay to have constructive feedback, but um, ultimately to be someone who's a real supporter of the district, I think would be really helpful. In the interim, until Dr. Stegeman's replacement is named, and there's always a little bit of time to get them sure. that person in and on the board and caught up, does the board just go into a holding pattern, or do you keep moving forward? As long as there is a majority, which are three board members, to take any action, then we can continue to move forward. We actually, according to our legal counsel, can have information items where it doesn't require a vote, 
and that could be for two board members. And so we've had our schedule for some time. I don't anticipate that that will change. And I mean, I think it will be business as usual. We'll move forward. When we talked with Dr. Stegeman about why he decided to leave, one of the things he said was changes aren't coming quickly enough to TUSD. Is that a fair assessment? You know, change takes a long time in a big organization. Um, if we try to implement too much change at one time, it um, it tends to have more negative consequences than positive. But I think that Dr. Stegeman's frustration has been the ideas that he has that he thinks will move the district forward. Um, there tends to be resistance from fellow board members, including myself. And so, no, those changes haven't moved forward because a majority of the board has pushed back or because the courts have become involved and said that's not going to be a good idea. I'll give you an example. Um, Dr. Stegeman has been pretty adamant that UHS needs its own campus. Nice. University High School needs its own campus. Um, in order to grow, they need their own middle school, basically just to sort of create this kind of environment that he thinks would be better for the district. In my opinion, um, Rincon and University High sharing a campus creates a diversity there that if UHS was taken off into its own campus or if Rincon was pushed off to another campus, which was one of the proposals, that campus would become more racially isolated and more Caucasian. And that, to me, in a district that is about 70% Latino, for you to have a high school that is one of our, you know, premier high schools in the district to be predominantly Caucasian is not something that I think is good for our district. So we would have debates on that. And, um, you know, he wasn't able to garner the votes to move forward to create a uh, campus. But I think those are some of the things that he really um, was very discouraged by. And so maybe those are the things that he's talking about. But the change that has had to happen that has been really positive, you can see. Um, you know, we've had an increase in kinder, which is one of the first times in years. We've had the smallest drop in enrollment in the last 10 years, just this year. We've had many of our schools move not only one letter grade, but several of our schools move two letter grades. So academic achievement is moving forward. Um, we have people at the state level coming to TUSD and saying, what are you guys doing and how are you doing this? And it's taken years of hard work. So um, I do believe the district is really on the upswing. And um, I'd like to have a, a colleague on the board that believes that as well. All of us should. You mentioned the, the discussions, the odds that you and Dr. Stegeman were at more often than from time to time, but, <laughs> but, but were happening. Does his resignation clear the way for certain things now to go through because he's not there to oppose them? And if so, what are some of those things? I don't think that it it's an issue of it clears a pathway. I think it gives an opportunity for us to dedicate energy and time to initiatives that are going to be really important um, for our district and in that regard moving forward. Um, Dr. Stegeman, for the last several months, you know, 10 o'clock hits and he leaves, which I understand. Um, we all have family and obligations and, you know, the argument's been, well, we don't make the best decisions. Maybe we don't make the best decisions at five, at six. I mean, I kind of, you know, throw out the, throw out whatever time you'd like. But ideally, you know, we listen to staff that has come forward to make presentations to the board. And I just think that it's, uh, 
it's going to give us an opportunity to listen to really a lot more of the positive that's in our district. Another board member, Ms. Sedgwick, uh, now finds herself appealing a decision to keep her from being allowed to practice law in Arizona due to what the bar called deficiencies in honesty and trustworthiness. Should that cross into TUSD board issues, or is that a separate thing? Well, I think that, as I read the article, some of the things that she's done right before she was um, sworn in and while she's been on the board has impacted some of that decision because it shows a continuing pattern of behavior. And so whether, you know, those those issues that she chooses to make public, I mean, I think those will factor in because that's what that committee is looking at. It wasn't anything that her colleagues put out there. She did that herself. So they're con- they're considering it whether it should be considered or not. We're talking with Aralita Grijalva. She is the president of the TUSD Governing Board. When it comes to public perception of the board right now, Dr. Stegeman has left saying the board isn't making changes quickly enough. There are now these issues with Ms. Sedgwick. Do they erode public confidence in the board as a whole? Unfortunately, I don't believe that the community as a whole has had a lot of confidence in our governing board in general. And so... Ms. Foster and I have had the opportunity to go to the National School Board Association um, conferences. And what they say very clearly, it's the, the stability of the governing board and the superintendent team that really brings the level of achievement up in every in every school district, confidence, all of that. Urban districts have a really difficult time in general. But when you have the kind of conflict that we've had on the board with significant differences of pedagogy and philosophy. I mean, they're not little, I like this word and you like this word. I mean, we're talking like wholesale differences in in opinion, then that does erode the confidence. And so if we're able to get to a point, which I think that we've been moving in that direction, where we're kind of calling each other on, let's be civil, let's be kind, let's get to the point. I think the dynamic on the board is different in that we are not as tolerant as a group of that kind of behavior. And so hopefully the new person coming on is going to kind of contribute to that environment. Knowing that that environment existed, you as president of the TUSD governing board, did you ever say, you know what, we're just not even going to bother bringing this up. It's going to cause such a fight on the board and in the public, and it's not something we need to deal with right now, um, that public confidence thing. Did, Did that ever change some of your thoughts? You know, when you have issues that are important to the public, for example, like the family life curriculum that brought forward many people that I've never seen in a board meeting before, that was something that we didn't have to address. But it was something that at least a majority of us felt important enough that we needed to provide this um, updated curriculum to our students. And so it is by majority. I mean, these items do not have to have a discussion. We don't have to have a motion in a second. There has to be a majority to do that. And in those cases, I, I believe it was 5-0 to bring an update forward. So we tend to we tend to grapple those difficult situations, whether it's advisable or not. Sometimes um, hindsight being 2020, I still think I would have. I definitely know that I would have moved forward with those kind of decisions. Moving forward for at least a period of time with a four-member board, and as much as people hate to admit it, we are staring an election year in the mm-hmm. face. Does that? 
change some of the things that you want to get done as we move into this election year and also with the the issue of a four-member board instead of a five? I think that we have so many items that we need to review as part of our requirements for the board. We have to review curriculum. We have to review you know, the strategic plan. Moving forward, I really would like to get the strategic plan solid and um, established so the community knows this is where we're moving. You know, Dr. Sanchez brought together the board and the community to do a five-year strategic plan. Had that continued to fruition, this would have been the year that we would have been updating it anyway. And so the timing of it is good. I think we have at least, at least three of us have been very vocal about the need for a strategic plan. So regardless of whether we have five or four members, a majority of us would like to see that move forward. Are there any things in that strategic plan that you can talk about now that you want to see changed or absolutely have to be in that next strategic plan? Uh, including music and arts for all of our students. That's really important. Um, really targeting our middle schools and providing a lot more support. Um, it's an initiative that my father has been pushing at the congressional level for years where we have to dedicate more energy and time to providing smaller class sizes and environments that are going to be more nurturing to our students at this really critical age where they're they're older, they have a lot of changes hormonally going on, and you're moving them from an environment that is enclosed and safe in elementary into an environment that is completely different. You know, six or seven teachers in middle school from like one. And so those transitions need to be a lot tighter. I am have been in favor for a very long time in keeping our sixth grade at the elementary schools. I think that that is the model that would greatly benefit our students. And people keep thinking that there was some other grand plan as to why we moved six, seven, and eight together. But really, it had to do with capacity. Our elementary schools were busting at the seams. And so they thought, well, this would be okay for us to move this one grade. Other schools, districts do it across the nation. And now that we're at a point where we can in some cases, move those sixth graders back without any interruption as far as space capacity of this teaching staff. I, I would like to see us move to that um, sooner rather than later. All right. Well, thanks for sitting down with sure, us. Sure. My pleasure. That was TUSD Governing Board President Adelita Grijalva. We reached out to TUSD Superintendent Gabriel Trujillo for his thoughts, but our calls were not returned. We'll continue to cover this story on the radio and at news.azpm.org. And that's the buzz for this week. You can find all our episodes online at azpm.org and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Buzz Arizona. We're also on the NPR One app. Ariana Brocious is the show's producer and editor. Jim Blackwood is our production engineer. Andrea Kelly is the news director. Our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening. Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.